Before we get started, I have an important message. If you're on Medicare or about to be, you don't want to go it alone. And you don't want to just call the first guy who sends you a postcard. My husband did that, and he wound up with some bad advice that costs us a penalty each month that will never go away. So what can you do? Contact one of our member experts by going to certifiedmedicareagents.com and searching your state for an agent. You'll be able to look through our member agents and read about them. Then you can reach out to the agent or broker you select directly through the site. Now, one thing you should know is other sites who do this sell your information to 15 or more agents so you can get hundreds of unwanted phone calls. Not so with CertifiedMedicareAgents.com. You'll only be contacted by one agent, and if there is a problem, I may personally reach out to you, but generally you will only hear from the one agent you select. So head on over there right now before you forget and find a qualified and certified agent that can help you today. Now, let's start our program. So Barbara, welcome back. It's been a while since we talked, so I know you have a lot to catch us up on. How is retirement life? I am loving it. We are currently in an RV resort in Mesa, Arizona, and my kids keep teasing me and saying, Mom, it sounds like you're either in college or at summer camp or both. And I was thinking about that analogy, and it's pretty much true in terms of the college part of it. Um, there's about 5,000 people inside this park. And you can imagine all the walks of life and all the things they did. And so we went to an orientation and I now joined the painting and watercolor class. I went to my first geology lecture and next week they're gonna have an ASU professor come and talk about DNA. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm playing pickleball. I'm playing a lot of golf. Um, I'm joining a lapidary group, which is something to do with stones and jewelry. Right. Um, And my husband, he, he's been just golf, 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 but he goes, well, maybe I should do something different. His back's a little sore because he's been golfing so much. And so he's taking up wood carving, shuffleboard and darts (laughs) and so I you know it's just really really been quite a journey and um you know now that we're here and we're more settled we've made friends and we've learned so much about retirement and retirement life it's just kind of really hard to encapsulate everything but every day's a new day Uh, Last night, they have concerts that they bring, and there were over 600 people there for a concert that was called Garth Live, which is a Garth Brooks tribute band. Oh, my gosh, they could have been in Vegas. They were he it was it was amazing. And everything's got alcohol. So (laughs) everybody was having (laughs) a glass of wine or a beer. And 
it just was kind of fun to have this, you know, 55 year old and older community get kind of rowdy and dance and hoot and holler and clap. And um, it was just a great evening. I mean, we don't usually go to things like that, but it's all right here. We don't even have to leave the park. So tonight at three is food truck Friday and they have a big parking lot and they bring in two or three food trucks and a band outside. And there'll probably be no less than three to 400 golf carts all lined up in rows with everybody just laughing and talking. And then some of the gals do, I haven't done the line dancing class yet, but there'll be a big contingent out there. And so very social, very community minded and just some great learning, some great stories. And I'm addicted. This is, this is really, really fun. That's great. And how long are you going to be in your RV this time? We started September 1st on our journey and we won't, we won't go home until April when hopefully the weather will get a little bit better on the West coast right now. It's just been, you know, nothing but rain, not just for us, but at the time of this, this is there's flooding in California, which is kind of unusual, but yeah, it's, it's been a long road, really fun. So you're having a great time as like a, a kid having your second childhood again. What are some of the learnings that might not be on the positive side that you've discovered over this long journey? What, what should we be aware of us, us people who have not yet retired? Yeah, well, I think, you know, we started in September and we decided to kind of make an epic tour of the West. And so we started in Snohomish and went to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and then we went to Montana and we went to South Dakota and then swung down to Wyoming and then Colorado and New Mexico. And, uh, you know, just an epic trip. I mean, it's really hard to describe the national parks and our history and our heritage and what a great experience. And it's a really good way to do that in an RV. Some of the pitfalls or the challenges is it's really, 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 really expensive. Not just the RV cost, but diesel prices in this past year have been quite high. But it kind of comes to a point where like, well, whatever, you know, (laughs) we're doing this. Food has become really expensive, but it's expensive everywhere. And so we find ourselves eating in a lot, um, barbecuing, doing our thing. Um, Another challenge is finding a space. I think the world retired during the (laughs) pandemic. And there are those that really have experienced kind of a vagabond existence. You could go when you want, come when you want, you could always find a spot. And for some of the nicer places or with the hookups, that's not true anymore. You need to plan in advance. So while that's right up my alley, it's not so much with my husband. And so we've had numerous discussions about getting a smaller RV. So you really have to weigh, are you going to use it a few weeks a year? Then you don't need one this big. But if you're going to live in it for seven months, it's been nice. Another pitfall is that you're in this space with a person almost 24-7. Right. So it's very closed quarters. It's very closed quarters. And so, you know, we survived 43 years of marriage in closed quarters, but not this close. And then we did the pandemic together. But there are times where 
it's so good he's going golfing or it's so good that I'm going somewhere else. Because if you think about pre-retirement, you know, your time might've been, you know, kiss good morning and see you soon. And then you're away from each other. And then you would come home and you'd reconnect and have dinner or maybe go do another activity in an RV there. There's no break. There's no, there's no time. And so when we're on the road, we found that it's good that we're best friends, you know, that we enjoy each other's company. But I have to say, uh, being in this smallest space and television viewing where he wants to watch a football game that you can't get in the state you're in. So he's frustrated or, you know, watching some war movie. Um, but luckily with a motorhome this size, there's kind of a living room, dining room area, and then you can shut off the bedroom, which has a TV in it. And I've never had a TV in a bedroom ever, but I've used it at times where I just need a break from the bombs going off. And I want to, you know, watch a romance movie or something. It's pretty much outdoor living though. You know, you're not inside a lot except when it rains. And we've had some torrential downpours down here in Arizona, where on our way down, the weather was gorgeous for all of September, all of October, even into November. And there was a whole day where we really never left the motorhome. And it was like, oh, so the next day I go, I'm going to go to the gym and you need to go do something else because it was just like too much together time. I think another challenge is mail. You know, um, all of our bills are online, but I haven't got my Christmas cards yet because my little package that my nephew's going to send me, you know, will be coming. But I do know that people that have made South Dakota their domicile, which I think we've talked about that before, they get their mail forwarded or scanned. But in today's world, the things you need are usually online and the things you don't are the junk. And so, you know, it's been kind of different, you know, to try to figure out how to get your mail. Prescriptions is an issue. Yes, um, it is. It, prescriptions I, are an issue. You, you can't do mail order if you're on. Well, you're not on Medicare, are you? No, I'm not on Medicare, not but my husband is. My prescriptions are by mail. So I just have to be sure I got enough ahead so that when they finally come, then, then my nephew, you know, can send them. Uh, but also, you know, thinking about medical care, I've really, I've really learned that there's a lot of questions I need to ask before I go on to Medicare. And I also need to understand, you know, all these advantage plans and disadvantage plans and all these different things so that. <laughs> You know, because I'm hearing from people that either made the wrong choice or weren't well enough informed and it's had real fiscal consequences. And I know you're an expert in that. So I'll be coming your way okay. after, after my birthday. I'm, I'm going to turn 64 in just a couple couple weeks here. And then it's like, OK, we got to really make a decision. But that's a challenge for a lot of people. It's been very eye-opening. The park we're in is very popular with Canadians. And so we've made some wonderful, I'm sure, lifelong friends with Canadian folks. But what a challenge they have in retirement. Who knew that with a, I guess, a single-payer uh, healthcare system, that for them to come down here, and you know, they don't have any place in their country that they can get warm in the winter, right? We have Hawaii. We have California, we have Arizona, we have Texas, we have Florida. They don't have anything like that. 
And so I think this park at one point was about 70% Canadian, both people who own uh, a park model or a modular home or, you know, bring their RVs down and they bring their RVs down early, right? Like, like October, early November before the snow flies. And then a lot of them then have to go home because they can only come for so many days and then they have to get this insurance that covers them because I guess the Canadian government doesn't want them to get American medical care. And so they have to fly home for that care and have to have insurance to get home if there's an emergency. I had no idea what a challenge it is and how expensive. And it's something for the listeners, especially if you're Canadian listeners, to think about doing the things you want to do while you're in what we've called the go-go years. That 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 makes sense for them if you're active and you want to golf and you want to play because when they hit 60 the price goes up for their insurance 65 every five years it resets to a higher much higher amount and if you have one health care issue one little check the box it skyrockets so we've met some people that this will be their last year they can't financially afford or it doesn't make sense for them to come down to the place they've loved for 10 or 20 years anymore. So once they hit their 80s, it's really almost, unless they're completely healthy and they have a lot of wealth, it's impractical for them to come down and be snowbirds. Who knew, Kathy? You probably knew, but I had no idea how grateful I should be to be an American and to be able to come down here and not have a restriction on when I have to go home. Some of the gals in my golf group actually, after Christmas, got on a plane, flew to Calgary, got off, had lunch, and got right back on. It was cheaper. It was cheaper to fly home and reset their dates than to pay the higher insurance because you can get a 90 day plan or a 180 day plan. And for whatever reason, depending on who their employer was, whether it's school district or the government, (laughs) there's a maximum amount of days that they can be out of the country. And then they've got to fly home. And for them, with it being, you know, 10 degrees or 20 degrees below zero, they don't want to go home. They don't want to even brave the roads to get home. So they literally fly up and fly back. I had no idea what an education about can you, can you can you give me some of their names and phone numbers so I can ask them if they would share their frequent flyer miles with me please <laughs> <laughs> I would think you would have lots of frequent flyer miles saved up with the pandemic all those trips we canceled <laughs> well you don't get the miles when you're not taking the trips right oh that's right? true that's true that's very true but anyway I just think that this has been the experience of our life. But what it's done is it made us really, really have lots of conversations and thinking about what we want now for the rest of our life. And you know how we've talked about decision-making and priorities. It is just like a whirlwind. It feels like you're in a cement mixer and things are just whirling around because as soon as we got here, my husband goes, well, I want to buy a place here. I'm like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, we just bought a motorhome. Well, we would get rid of the motorhome and we'd get a smaller one. If, and so I'm like, if you okay. all, so, so if you all buy a place there, 
Okay. So you want to be in Seattle during the summer because that's when it's nice in Seattle. July, August, September. Yeah. I want to get the hell out of here in July, August, and September. So maybe you could rent it to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's hot in Arizona too. So that's probably not a good solution. Yeah. I was going to say we won't be here at all in after, (laughs) after May. (laughs) Yeah. I, I need to find a place that's inexpensive that I can go to during the summer. Cause yeah. it is, hot. I'm not used to it coming from San Diego. You know, I'm not used yeah. to the, uh, yeah. the hot, the hot, humid weather on the East coast. Well, Northern Idaho, Montana is gorgeous in the winter. I mean, in the summer, Washington is as well, or Eastern Washington, even Oregon. And so, yeah, you just got to get a gig somewhere like a three month house sit in the summer. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll start looking for that now. <laughs> and I won't have to pay for the housing. <laughs> exactly. But we've also realized that, you know, this was the first Christmas and Thanksgiving that we were not with our big, huge extended family. And I think I've said before that um, with my kids and their in-laws that we do alternating years. And so Last year, the year before, we had them all for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and it was my daughter and my daughter-in-law that said, you know what, if you're going to go, this is the year to go. And I felt like that was really nice to give us that permission, if you will, to do this experience and experiment. And so next year, we'll be home for sure. Uh, However, after watching the news with all the travel woes, I'm not flying anywhere during Christmas. I'll either go way early and then come back much later and just avoid that travel window because I had friends that they didn't get their Christmas. They were stuck in an airport in Anchorage, Alaska, flying home from Hawaii. Oh no. And, yeah. And you know, Wait, was why like- were they in Anchorage if they were flying home from Hawaii? Did, well, does was- the, does the, does the Hawaii to go to Seattle, does it stop? Does it go straight across to Alaska? Oh, and then down? no, 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 no. It was Alaska Airlines, and right. all the flights got canceled during all of the travel nightmares that were happening, you know, elsewhere. And so they were flying from Hawaii to Portland, but all the flights got canceled. So the best they could do was send them to Anchorage, which is a hub for Alaska Airlines. Uh, it, I realized it that. In Alaska. But they got there at midnight on Christmas Eve to a closed airport and the way to get to hotels. I think I would have just stayed in Hawaii instead of flying to Anchorage. I would have waited. (laughs) What they thought was going to happen is they were just going to do a quick layover in Anchorage and then get home because they were trying to get home for their Christmas. And what ended up is they didn't. And so they got back days later. And then their children actually got stuck in Hawaii but there was no poor kids (laughs) except there was no room in the inn oh so they had had to to sleep on the beach I feel bad for them (laughs) no they've got they've got two little kids they had to rent a bedroom from somebody right a VRBO or something yeah Yeah. but so they spent Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with total strangers so Mm. I'm just thinking you know there's story after story I mean the listeners I'm sure experienced some of that it was so widespread that yeah we'll be home for Christmas next year but on the bright side or on the bonus side is my daddy lives nearby about 30 miles away he's 87 and 
I think we had one of the best Thanksgivings with him and it is, and his, and my stepmother and Christmas, because it was just the four of us both times. And she did an amazing job, had her grandmother's China, beautiful meal. And I just felt like, oh my gosh, I didn't have to do any of the work. I just had to bring dessert and wine. It was just magical. And, you know, we didn't get to spend a lot of time because, you know, of, of my mom's death and him remarrying with our families at Christmas, just because of the distance. And so I just feel like it was just really precious. And so while I didn't get to see the kids and grandkids, I got to spend time with my dad and he just called me this morning. He bought an e-bike because we've got our e-bikes and we're going everywhere. So as soon as the weather clears, we're going to spend some time. He bikes all the time, but I think he saw our e-bikes and he goes, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to get one. And so he's super, super excited about that. So we've got, you know, the next three months that we're going to get to spend exploring and going places with him. So I, I just think my takeaway though, is that it's really hard to imagine not being with your family, but one year is okay. But we do really, really miss our kids and our grandkids. And okay, so, now I have a question about yeah. future Christmases and Thanksgiving. So, so you saw how nice it was to not have to do anything for Christmas slash Thanksgiving, whatever, and just show up as yeah. as a guest. Um, and you told me earlier that you're the only one with a house big enough, I believe, to have the whole family. But now isn't it time to start training some of the second generation to actually do the cooking? They can come to your house and prepare everything. And the first year, you'll just oversee it. The second year, you'll just kind of step back. And the third year, you will just uh, show up to the table when it's time. What do you think about that? Well, it sounds absolutely delightful. <laughs> um I think in these intervening years now, my children are all doing really well. And now they've acquired really large houses. So their houses oh. are actually bigger than ours. And so I think that um, right there, it, it's, and it's easier for them with kids, you know, they're not young kids. They're like, you know, 10, nine, nine, and six. Um, it's easier for us to come to them for sure. So I right. think that that die has been cast. My son-in-law is an amazing cook. He loves to, you know, cook the meats and, and whatever. My daughter is great at the pies, but my granddaughter loves the, the cooking shows, the baking shows. And so what's been happening now for holidays is she'll start choosing either YouTube videos or recipes on Pinterest. And we send them back and forth and plan the meal and she plans it all. And then she does the cooking with my help. Wow. So it's been, it's a game changer. It really is when you're not bearing the whole burden and everyone's really helping. So I think, I think we're going to be pretty close to that next year. I'm not sure which daughter or daughter-in-law will be hosting, but I think I've passed that milestone, Kathy. It's yay. like, yay. <laughs> but we do miss them. And so what that has prompted is discussions about is it time to downsize? And I think that when you're in a motorhome and you realize that you can live and function and thrive with a much smaller set of dishes and kitchen and, and all that stuff and clothing and just stuff, I can clean this thing top to bottom in less than 30 minutes, like really clean it. And I can't do that at home. We didn't miss 
the month long raking of leaves. Our nephew did it for us. We didn't miss mowing two and a half acres through the fall. And so we're just kind of thinking, is it time? But there's so many ramifications to that timing of the market, what the interest rates are. Is this, is this the right time for our family? But I have to say at this moment, I don't want to go home. I don't want to resume my old life, but I'm not ready to live in a motorhome full time. I'm not ready to get out of the real estate game. And so I feel like we're in this nether world of conversation after conversation for possibilities. And I don't know how you prepare for this stage of life, of whether to downsize, whether to sell, whether to move, whether to relocate. It's kind of overwhelming. and. You just don't want to make a mistake at our age. And yet you don't want to make the mistake of just staying in place and not living because life is short. And as I've seen either in the news or with families and friends, it's, it's, it's happening. People are getting sick. People are dying suddenly. And it's like, well, how much time do I have left? Am I going to just sit and wait and count my money? Or am I going to go play a game of pickleball and make a new friend at fat willies after the golf round? Right. So that's, that's where we're at. Not to make it a downer, but it really, it really causes you to start thinking about, do you have some dreams? And if you're going to do them, it would be now. It would right. be now. Now's the Waiting. time. Exactly. So that's your big takeaway. Now's the time. Now's the time to learn. Now's the time to travel. Now's the time to make friends. Now's the time to set your kids up so that they have to do the cooking. <laughs> all of it. All of it. All of I it. Mean, today is someday, right? You, if, if you were waiting to do something someday, I'll do this. And if you've hit that 60, 65, even 70 milestone, you really got to take a pause and say, well, why wouldn't I do this? Why wouldn't I, I go and do this? And I know there's the fear of financial stability. I, I totally, we live that dream. And yet, do we have enough? And then what can we add to it? What, what, what we can add can enrich our lives. The people we've met. Quick story on living in a community like this. We met this delightful lady. She's, I think, 85 or six named Rita. And she, I think, was the mayor of the street we got assigned to when we first moved in. She came and greeted us and she introduced us around, told us when the happy hour was, because there's a happy hour on every street at 3.30 or 4. Um, and we were talking to her because she lives alone. She's a widow. And she said, you know, this place saved my life. And I said, how? And she goes, well, every day I put a little box outside my door. And my neighbors know that if the box goes outside my door, then I'm okay. Well, last January, I got really sick and my box didn't go out my door. And my neighbor immediately came over, knocked on the door, saw that I was having trouble breathing and called 911. Wow. And I had COVID and I was in the ICU for 10 days. She said, had I not been in a community that was looking out for me and knew, you know, to check because we had a system. And I thought, oh my gosh, wow. oh my gosh. And so she's 
involved in the quilting club and plays mahjong. I mean, she has an active, vibrant life with her friends, but she's in community. And that was a takeaway for me that if you live in a neighborhood at our age where, you know, everyone's going to work, everything's isolated, the chances of someone knowing about you, you know, if your kids don't call you every day or if you don't have children. And so just having that sense of belonging and caring for each other just kind of pulled on my heartstrings. I think we talked, I don't remember how long ago, but about that book that I read called The Blue Zones. Do you remember? Did, did we I talk? You about alluded that? to it. I don't know. I can't remember. Tell me the story. So there are, I think, seven communities in the world where there's a really high percentage of people who live to be over 100 years old. And um, Fuller, uh, let's see, I, I, I can't remember them right now, but I can post a link to the book later if you'd like. But basically what they did was they looked at what was similar in these communities because they were all different. They had different religions, they had different food, they had different climates, they had different different things. And one thing that they all had in common was they all had strong community, all had strong community. And so that is definitely a common thread in living longer and healthier lives. So, so yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad that this, that everywhere you go, Barbara, you create community and where I live we have community as well. And for the listener, I hope that if you haven't started creating your own community outside of your um, immediate family, you need additional community as well. And I hope that you have started to build that community. If you haven't, please let that be your homework for now until the next, next show. Barbara, I'm so glad we got to... to um, to catch up and reconnect. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's been really, it's been really, really fun. I, I think that when I started this journey with you, I had no idea what we were going to do or how it was going to end up. And now I just feel like we're in the middle of it. And I think there was one time where we talked the messy middle where you kind of knew you were going to retire and then it got really, really messy and that was stressful. And then things kind of settled down a little bit. Well, now I'm in the middle of a big adventure and it's not stressful at all. Like every day I wake up with a smile on my face, just something about sunshine and, and no rain and then just people everywhere. Right. So if you're an introvert, this might be a little stressful because, oh my gosh, but you know what? I've met couples where the wife is an extrovert and the husband is an introvert. Well, he just goes back before the party's over and goes back and shuts the door in his motorhome and no one beats down your door, right? So you can have that quiet time yourself. But if you want to have connection and get to know people, it's funny, we've talked to people that bought homes in the area and they lived in them for a while and they were kind of snowbirding, but they would go years and never meet anyone because again, everyone was working, everyone was going to and from school and so forth. But here, within a week, I was connected to two women's golf groups, a golf league that has funny costumes and outfits that they wear for Christmas. And we've got the Solheim Cup coming up. And then my husband was too. And so it was kind of like, I don't want to leave because you, you make connections with people uh, very rapidly, right? Because everybody's kind of in the same boat. 
And you can pick and choose what you want to do, where you want to go. So you have freedom and yet you have groups. We had to get a master calendar. There's so many things going on. It's easy to miss an activity because you forget, oh my gosh, today's Wednesday, right, I can go to the right. club or that class. So, right. So Barbara, um, we are going to lose our connection in a minute here. So I okay, want to make sure no that we, that we yeah. wrap up before we do that, yep. the listener, we weren't able to use our regular recording, which is probably why you're noticing a sound quality difference. So we're trying to use the free version of zoom, which, you know, cuts you off right at the 40 yep. minute mark. Yeah. Um, so Barbara, what is the takeaway that you want the listener to take away from today? Don't be afraid to take a risk financially or otherwise to get out of your comfort zone, to visit places you've never been before and make connections with people from all over the world that, that you don't know, but take a chance, make yourself vulnerable, be open. And best of all, have fun. What you've worked your whole life. Now's the time to embrace it and enjoy it and to not look back with regret. Excellent advice. And I do want to say one thing to the listener before we say goodbye. Let's say you don't have a ton of money. You can't buy a giant RV like Barbara did. You don't have money to fly different places. Check out Trusted House Sitters. We have had several episodes on this show about Trusted House Sitters. And if you'd like to get a discount, you can use my link, which is rockyourretirement.com slash THS, that's T for trusted, H for house, S for sitters. And you can find people that are willing to give up their home if you just take care of their pets. So you don't have to be wealthy to make connections and to travel and do the things that you want to do. So Barbara, thank you so much for coming back on the show. For the listener, you can't see this, but Barbara is inside her RV right now. So I can see the space behind her. It is, it's a large RV, but it's still a small space. So thank you so much for taking time out of your, your day to do this once again. I hope you continue to do this. We really enjoy hearing from you. I know I do, and I know the listeners do as well. My pleasure. It's always fun to connect with you, Kathy. For the listener, we'll see you next time on the Rock Your Retirement Show. Bye. Bye.